Hundreds of years ago, there was a girl, and it was time for her to become an adult. Like countless youths before her, she ducked her head into the ritual space her family had built her. A cup of tea steamed in front of her, and as she drank, she felt her body warmed and fortified. With a leaf fan, an elder blew a pinch of golden pollen at her, and as she breathed it in, she began to feel her world slip away. Before she could declare herself a woman, she had to face the ancient adversary and return. But her family was with her, her community was around her, and she would not fail. Welcome to Sword of Symphonies. I am your host, King Cat, and I can never really get this this off-ramp part right. But I'm here for you, listener. You got it. You got it. When we're Thanks, also Kirsten. in the car. Can't you miss her exit? Me, Kirsten. I, I, what was I it? I really wanted to no, go to the, that Wendy's. Google Maps said the Wendy's. Uh, is A&W okay? <sighs> There's another one down the street there. Like I wanted to go to that Wendy's. That one has the, whatever the Wendy's called their play place. The uh, Dave's Fun Hut. Ooh, ooh can I yeah. get a combo? Cat, can can she get a combo? Uh, okay, all right. Where can I turn around? Um, oh no, it's not not there. It's no U-turns posted here. Yeah, I don't see a cop anywhere. How about we keep going until we hit the bad Wendy's and we turn around in their parking lot and go to the good one? Can we flip him the bird? You know what, Bill? Yes, we can. Okay, don't tell anybody. Well, I think you said all our names. That's an intro, right? Nick's here, too. (laughs) I'm currently being hypnotized by the audacity because I'm a little I'm a little in the vaccine space today. Are you okay, bud? (laughs) No, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Okay. So Nick is here. He's freshly needled. Kathleen is here. Kirsten is here. Bill is here. I'm here. I'm also freshly needled. But in, like, the poker sense. <laughs> and welcome to Sword of Symphonies. Previously, on Sword of Symphonies, the party relaxed in the small village of Pavilion, watching some actors during a rehearsal, when Canel brought up an interesting theory based on their study of linguistics and their notes so far, that the ancient people of Amilta believed that the bat bell pollen that they had been hunting for, mostly for financial gain, a little bit for drugs, had a sentience, uh, in fact, an adversarial one, and that its part in ancient rituals was that of a, an enemy to be overcome. And nonetheless, Cecile announced his intention to go find more. And I believe that's where we left off. Penelope was sent on a shopping trip and returned with goggles for everyone. Mm -hmm. As well as a note for Tissa that just read, what does it mean? What does it mean, though? What does it mean, though? And now I believe it's time to set out. What time of day is it again? Um, It's about mid-morning by the time you get back from Hushwave City. Okay. 
It's shaping up to be a warm and humid day. Unusually humid, given that this is technically the dry season. Oh, also, just, just as a refresher, this is a, I guess, landlocked village, right? This isn't like out on the coast or near a river or anything? Nope. Okay. Pavilion is landlocked. They're not far from the ocean. Hushwave City is, I think, like half a day's trip away by foot. It's not far. Okay. I think Penelope is going to roll a adaptability discovery roll. See if there's anything useful for their journey. Okay. Mm, one success. Now I have to think of something useful. None of my thoughts are useful. Oh. Not even, like, a handful of, like, small fruits that are just completely full of seeds, but kind of tasty, but just completely full of seeds? You know, I was actually thinking the snack direction as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know what? You find a tree that is full of tropical fruit. Lovely. It has a thick leathery rind in a very dark indigo blue color. Oh, Penelope's going to grab a few and first a handful into her mouth and then store the rest that she picks. Uh, Not linger too long, but you know. The rind... is intensely leathery and very, very difficult to chew. Tom just kind of turns to Cecile. Those are okay to eat, right? Oh, oh my. Uh, oh, yes. Those aren't... Did you... Did you finish all that ham already? You, you, I, uh, I feel fine. They're they're pretty good. It occurs to you as you chew that maybe you should have peeled them. Oh. (laughs) Oh. You're not eating the rind, are you? Um, oh, I mean, it's not bad. Maybe spit that out. The rind is slightly bitter and woody tasting. Hmm. Reminds me of when I first ran into oranges. <laughs> Pretty good, though. Pretty good. Everyone just kind of stares as Penelope eats these fruits whole. <laughs> <laughs> Pollyanna cranes her long neck up to the tree and grabs one. It seems a little more natural for a wild animal to be eating it rind and all. She likes it. This is making a big assumption about <laughs> Penelope here. That she's not a wild animal? Uh, <laughs> so, before too long, you weren't far away. You make your way back to the ruins. Anyone with a sharp eye or somebody focusing on the ground as they walk, which is to say Tissa notices... Small piles of pollen that have been blown up alongside the ridges in the ground and the buildings. Oh. It's... Scarves up, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. This is, um... A lot more than I was expecting. It's everywhere. I am scooping handfuls of it into (laughs) uh, the sort of beehive backpack that I procured. Yeah. We're going to have to dust off when we get back. I don't want to accidentally hotbox half the town. Mm. No, no, we'll need to charge for <laughs> that. Well, then e- then an even better reason to shake all the pollen off when we get back. Does this pollen have effect on, on animals? Hard to say. Well, at least on bats. Actually, the bats seemed pretty normal. Oh, okay. Just kidding, not on bats. <laughs> bats always seem a little drunk. That's just how they are. <laughs> That's what makes them so charming. Yeah, um, 
I'm going to keep an eye on Polly. Just what well, good call, I think. Did you get elk goggles when you're getting goggles for everyone? You know what? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And they're amazing. And Polly looks fantastic. <laughs> Penelope <laughs> thinks as two people when she goes clothes shopping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Had the goggles custom made. Uh, Tis is going to squat down like next to one of the little piles and kind of like get her face cautiously close to it and taking a look at all of like the tiny, tiny little structures and roll sensitivity focus about it. Yeah. That looks like a success, an edge into three. If you keep the edge success, you and the pollen will become more aware of one another. That sounds like plot. Let's go for it. Hmm. Ominous. I, I love to be ominous. I love to be ominous. Hey, Tissa, this is something that you're usually particularly attuned to because you are a magus and your experience in the desert has led you to be maybe a little bit wary around weather patterns. Mm-hmm. There is not a prevailing south wind here. And yet the patterns of these little drifts, they look like tiny sand dunes and they're stretching southward. Huh. As if blown by a south wind that you know isn't here. Um, everybody, was there wind last night? I think we did the wind. You know? Hmm. We certainly pulled it in a direction. But it wasn't south. Because, <laughs> uh, cause, um, the excited one? They think that maybe... That, that before the cataclysm, that was, uh, what? That they didn't get along with it. People didn't? Yeah, the, with the pollen. And and they were saying that it was maybe a metaphor, but maybe it wasn't a metaphor. And they were thinking maybe it wasn't a metaphor. Well, if it wasn't a metaphor, I don't know if I like the idea of opinionated, angry pollen. I'm not entirely certain what we're supposed to do against something like that. And Cobb just kind of, like, scrunches his face around his little goggles. How does Pollen get angry or happier? Hmm. Huh. Could be a weird creature. Could be some leftover thing from a demon long ago. Who knows? I mean, all sorts of stuff has opinions, I think. Um, um, you, you know this stuff, right? Does it... Is it different... Well, I mean, I guess all of the stuff is different. I don't know the question I want to ask you. I'm sorry. Uh, Cecile stops for a second, like, uh, waiting for the question, and then just keeps scooping it into the basket. Well, if you think of anything. Mm. Also, Cecile, I don't know how much of that you should be harvesting if it is indeed opinionated and angry. If you don't want to be near it, then stay further away. I'm taking all that I can. It's not doing anything to me right now. Mm. It is not doing anything to him right <laughs> now. Fair enough, but don't say I didn't warn you. I mean, I like to store things too, I guess. Well, yes, Penelope. We can keep an eye on the stash. 
easier because it's in one place. Yeah, fair enough. But also, Penelope, while you do tend to stash things like that, I don't think croissants can be angry. (laughs) You told that to them once they've been at sea for three months. No, that's just us getting angry. (laughs) That you're eating weird... Anyways. And after Cobb says this, Penelope takes out a berry, eats it rind and all, and just stares him down. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Cat. Yeah? I rolled two edge successes on sensitivity medicine. Can I track any change in activity from these as I clump more and more of them together that I would uh, understand uh, use for? Actually, you can. You're piling them into a jar, right? Yeah, it's bigger than that, but yeah. Yeah. I had said last time it's like beehive-sized. Is it transparent or is it opaque? Uh, oh, it's amber. It's like okay. blown, like that that yellowy glass. You know? Oh, I like that very much. So the more you add to this translucent amber container, the more movement you see inside. Like when you only had a handful or so in there, it looked like a handful of flour, just inert powder. But the more you add, the more the surface seems to be disturbed, the more it seems to move. Cobb, I take it back. You might have been onto something. Uh, take a look at this. And I cap it and put it down sort of in between the whole group. Oh. It's moving in there. Uh. Like there's a little breeze. Hmm. Oh. That's, that's fine. That's cool. Um. We, we have moving pollen. Hmm. I tap roughly on the side of the jar. Hello? It. You're stuck in there because of me. I I don't think you should... Are you opinionated on that? Are you angry? It seems just to be dust. It jostles normally as you do this, but there's a sloshing that actually looks more like a liquid than like a powder as you knock briskly on the side. Huh. I don't think it's opinionated. I think it's just mobile. What if you like tapped it with a different type of tap. Like, instead of tapping it, like, um, just lightly put your finger on it, like hold your finger to it. Oh, like a fish following it. Uh-huh. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tracing a finger around. It is extremely difficult to perceive, but this invisible current or wind that's stirring the surface of the pollen does actually seem to stir it towards your finger with the exception of one breeze that's constantly stirring it up toward the mouth of the jar toward you oh. it, 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 it appears to want to escape but on the whole doesn't mm. seem to this is a good lid um cat what are the spell pieces around here And I got a success on a sensitivity focus, if that helps you. Okay. Does it? Does it help me? It might not. It might, though, is the thing. Okay. So, the words here are watching, knowing, warm, dune, mirror, and wind. Tissa wants to spend one scatter only on 
speaking Dune at the jar just to see what happens. I like that a lot. Like, that's... I love that, but it does mean that I have to make a lot of decisions literally right now. <laughs> okay, tell me what your goal is with speaking Dune. I think that Tissa is entertaining the idea of consciousness or that this is reacting to us in some way or that it wants something. And what Tissa does is she sort of touches the jar and lets the jar guide her finger like a Ouija board. Okay. Tissa is asking what kind of opinions get this reaction and then, you know, person with a bunch of swords at them. <laughs> the word your finger is drawn to write is meaninglessness. Oh. Oh, great. Nihilistic pollen. <laughs> well, that's an answer. But what does it mean, though? Hmm. I think the party is staring at Tessa in <laughs> silence. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an answer. Nothing I can think of off the top of my head, though, makes me like that answer, but... It's, it's a little ominous. A little ominous, yeah. Hmm. But we should keep oh. moving, then. We want to... Let's try and get uh, Isabella and Rada Daybreak and Falkwin. Let's try and let them know what we've discovered, at the very least, so we can all get out of here. Oh, yeah. Huh. Although I don't know if this would affect Daybreak. They might be fine. If that's the case, I am very glad that they're with them. Mm. On the other hand, if it does affect Daybreak, that is not good. How far are we to back to the valley? You're quite, quite close. The air is growing a faint lemon color as you approach this field of bat bells. And it swirls around as you approach. Like fairy dust, but awful. <laughs> hmm. It's gotten really thick here. Wow. Who's to say it could have been like this last night? It was dark out. I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. And I've opened the jar back up and I'm uh, scooping out from a couple of bat bells nearby me. Yeah. The bat bells sway around in the wind. Like when you see currents of wind in a field of grass, but large, awkward, <laughs> orchestrated nonetheless, synchronized in their own way. Do the bells seem to be like moving with the wind or is there any indication of, um, I guess that's a sensitivity rule. Do it. Sensitivity survival? Sure. Ah, one success and one edge. No, I think one success will do the trick. One success will let you know that the bells are just like, for lack of a better word, ringing. They're not necessarily moving with the wind at all. Hmm. That's actually kind of pretty, actually. Yeah, were they not producing a extremely dangerous substance that appears to be alive? Because to the best of my knowledge, pollen is not that. I thought... Isn't pollen alive? It would be quite pretty. I. No, wait, no, that's. Mm. 
Is Pollen alive, though? D- do you want the Cobb answer or the Nick answer? <laughs> this is Tissa... Tissa-ing. <laughs> okay. Everyone be warned, there is a Nick answer locked and ready to go. <laughs> Cobb did not go to school for this sort of thing, so I cannot give him this information. <laughs> a shame. Yeah. But maybe he should have. No, he, he would not like that. Uh, Cobb's life would have ended up really different if he had gone to biology school. You said something looked pretty. What was pretty? And I leaned down and I, uh, ooh, I'm going to pluck one and just like drop it and see which way it uh, falls. Yeah, I like that a great deal. You know how cats twist in the air? Mm, like to turn to their feetses? Yeah. It lands right on the back of the flower with a shock that sends a little plume of pollen up into the air. Like it seems to turn in the air as it falls and plop. Ooh. How big are the flowers, by the way? For some reason, I'm like assuming that they're like sunflower or larger size, and I don't know why. Yeah, sunflower size sounds about right. Okay. Like you could definitely wear one as a hat. You shouldn't. Don't do that, but you could. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because immediately in my brain, I'm like, flower hat. <laughs> you did just call them pretty, yeah. <sighs> I mean, you do you, Kirsten. <laughs> do we see anything else in the field or is it sort of just like a big field of canola? Horrible. It is a big field of violet bell-shaped flowers. The stalks are as tall as you are. The flowers could fit on your head. The air is thick with pollen that swirls invisible eddies around you as you move. Hmm. The sun filters in through this curtain of gold. As if you were the ones on the inside of the amber jar. Cat, before I step away from this one, can I reach down and see if it's like rerouted? Or anything? Or if it's just fallen Mm -hmm. like that? Yeah, it's just fallen like that. Okay. I think Penelope's going to do a spell. Okay. And it includes her favorite word. What kind of arrow? Knowing arrow. (laughs) To keep direction. You know what? That's not the worst one you've done. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Where does the arrow point to? I'm imagining that there was like a path that came up to this open field. Am I kind of correct in that? Oh, yeah, the path you took to get here. Um, so it's a little like watch style looking thing appears and the arrow always keeps pointing back to the head of that path. Okay. One scatter, two? Uh, that's just going to cost one scatter. That's just a little thing. Yeah. Okay. I think at this point, Cobb is looking around and just kind of says to everybody, well, I have to say, I'm at a loss for what to do here. The bat bells have obviously been here for hundreds of years, so I don't feel good about doing anything about them. This is just where they live. But at the same time, I don't think we can let them remass and wreak havoc on town. Mm. Is it going to, like, last night? 
They might. Last night, that came from further up the mountain, didn't it? I don't think that all came from here. I think we have further to go. There, My word, there could be a bigger field of them. There could be. Another field? Well, because that's where last night it came from, was way up. Oh my gosh, I just realized I can do something. D- did you remember you can fly? And Penelope jumps up on Polly's back. That's exactly it. Um, I'm just going to take a little hover, uh, just scout out a little bit beyond our flower horizon. Why didn't they just ride those all the way to Mount Doom? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Polly seems, uh, I mean, a little disoriented, probably because she can't see very far between the goggles and the thick pollen haze on the air. As Penelope takes off, does anyone want to roll me sensitivity? Uh, Cobb can roll sensitivity. He's been kind of wary and on edge. Yeah, that sounds good. And Cobb doesn't have a whole lot of sensitivity, so he didn't get anything. Okay, all right. I don't think I need to start instituting his more fail-forward stuff. So I'm going to say that there's an uneasy feeling as Pollyanna's wing beats disturb this thick layer of pollen in the air. There's a dust of pollen that accumulated on a nearby ruined wall that is kicked up into the air by the beat of her enormous wings. And Penelope and Pollyanna take to the sky, where the air is clear and the sun is brilliant. From above, you can see a yellow cloud and the silhouettes of your friends inside. Hmm. Penelope doesn't fly too, too far because she knows Polly's not having the easiest time with the goggles and all. Does a little loop. Does she notice anything dangerous? Uh, sensitivity rule? Sensitivity survival? Yeah, sounds good. One success, one edge. One success and an edge as you fly further away will let you spot another yellow cloud. Not that far, a little further up the mountain. As you get closer, you see that there is in fact another ruin there. Something built into the mountainside and half consumed by lava And surrounding this dark pinprick, it just looks like a little black spot in your vision, there's another field of bat bells. Not quite as many as the ones that you've got, well, the ones that your friends are in right now. But, sizable number nonetheless. Hmm. Looks like there's another cluster over there, Polly. Here, let's head back. I know these goggles aren't the greatest... And Penelope tries to make sure that they're sitting comfortably a little bit, but doesn't fiddle too, too much to disturb her, but... Yeah. She flicks her ears at you, but she's used to your fussing by now. And, uh, soups back down to where the group is in the field. Actually, can I see them? You can see their shadows, yeah. Okay. Plus, you still have that little arrow pointing you to the place where you entered the field. Good, good. Penelope lands... Oof. More dust. Sorry, sorry about that. Uh, it looks like if we head further on, there's more ruins and another cluster of flowers, but smaller than this one. Huh. 
You thought there was another field? Yeah. Not as vast as this one, but by some ruins. Huh. Maybe you really aren't supposed to grow these. You, th you think it it's a garden? If it was all clear, it would have had to be. Because why else is this so clear? Oh. Seems a safe bet we should destroy this, Stan. I've gotten all I need from it. Hmm. It's growing towards civilization. We wouldn't want it to overtake them. Not on accident, anyway. Hmm. Tissa looks at her spear and runs her finger along the spine of it. This isn't a scythe. This wouldn't be a good scythe. <laughs> It'd take a long time, just like one down at one time. As you walk through the field of bat bells, Cecile, your boot hits something. Ow. A low fence, like a fence border, like you would see in a garden. Mm -hmm. Tracing it, you can see that it encloses an area only about maybe four feet square. I can tell what the inside and the outside of that is. Uh, if you trace it, yeah, you can tell that it just makes a square around a section of bad bells, same as the rest. Same as the rest? Yeah. Hmm. I'm positive of that, even if I roll something. Give me a roll. All right. I suppose just sensitivity survival, if that works. Yeah. Uh, huh. two edge successes. Mm, if you keep the edge successes, I'm going to give you a bad idea. Oh, of course. <laughs> okay. So this little fence is made of wood, rotten and dried out. It was clearly there for a very, very long time. It's the kind of fence you would see enclosing a small garden, but the bat bells grow without caring on both sides of it. They wind their stems around the pickets of this little fence with impunity. As you inspect this wood, you realize that it is the dry season. This wood is just kindling. So I know what you want me to do with that. I did have another idea. I just said I would give you a bad idea. I'm not going to make you do anything with it. All right. Um, are all the spell pieces here the same as they were out by the dunes? Yeah. Okay. So it's safe to say there's still these, like, dunes of pollen that have collected uh, around? Most of the pollen here is airborne, but there are little heaps up against the stalks if you go right down to ground level. Okay. Well, we have two options. We burn down the field, which would be a lot of fun. Or we could poison the dunes. Does anyone have a fear of fire? Well, I'm going to have to stop you right there. With all the particulate in the air, I've been around enough gunpowder to know that uh, if we start a fire someplace like this, we might just get exploded on. No need to brag about how much gunpowder you've been near. <laughs> I wasn't? <laughs> I, you know, I've been near gunpowder as well. Regardless, there's enough particulate here. If we start a fire, it could go very badly for us. Penelope makes a note in her notebook. Boot, knife, check. Gunpowder? Question mark. <laughs> Learning Clara's final lesson. Cat, <laughs> uh, I would like to cast a spell. I would love it if you would. I would like to cast Toxin Dune. 
or dune toxin. And what I would like to do is poison all the dunes and turn them to like salt. Okay. I like this a lot. This is, I enjoy this a great deal. I'm going to ask you for either three or five scatter. You're going to accomplish your mission either way. I will spend three. Okay, cool. Was hoping you would do that. <laughs> so first of all, please tell me what Toxin Dune looks like. Totally. <laughs> As I make that snide remark to Cobb, um, uh, what do I do? Oh, I lean down to the one that I had, uh, or I walk back over to the one that I had plucked and scoop some from the dunes nearby and just like fill it partially back up and just take some kind of tincture or something I have with me and pour it in there and just like crumple it. And as it splits from the bulb half, just like out from me, it all just starts to turn white, like actually just turns to actual salt and just like a shockwave out from me. Oh, I like that. I think even some of the pollen in the air is transformed into salt as you do this. And, uh, oh, that's what I'm going to do. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So this shockwave out from Cecile bursts out, replacing the pollen in the air and on the ground with a fine powder of white salt. The air glitters with it as the facets of the crystals catch the light. And suddenly the sun can reach you again. And good job, Cecile, you've done it. You look down at the ground and it is covered in white salt. Almost everything in front of you has a thin white film over it, except it looks as if someone has reached down with a finger and written the words in front of you. Where is she? Huh. I don't oh, like that. I'm standing on the other side. What does it say? I'm upside down here. <laughs> it is written so you can read it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's actually not very large. The letters are only a couple inches tall at most. Uh, I lean down and read it and look back up at the group. Uh-oh. Huh? Did... Did the flowers just threaten you? They might have more opinions than I believed. Uh, I want to smack that away in the uh, salt. Yeah. The air is clearer now. You can see all the way to the other end of this bat bell field. The flowers have not yet begun to wilt, but they will very soon. As their roots realize what was done to them, they will soon crumple, fade into the rest of the jungle, like all the other decaying plant matter. And you didn't light a huge fire. Because Nick was right. I would have made an explosion. <laughs> he got me. <laughs> So I have a question. Where to next? Um, this spell, did it only affect this field? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps we should continue to the other plot of flowers further. I looked to her. You didn't happen to see anyone in there, did you? 
Your friends, my daughter? I just saw some ruins and some flowers. I didn't mm. spy people, but I wasn't super close. It wasn't the easiest flying conditions for Polly. It still seems likely that's the way they'd be heading. It's best at least to check it out and, and see. Especially if we're being threatened by flowers. It's thick that way. This is going to be hard. Tissa stretches. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's not a threat. Maybe it's another existential question. Like, where are all of we? What is a place? We're here in a field. Those are ridiculous questions. Are they, though? I get the feeling they're not the kind of questions a flower would ask, but... I suppose I've never known a flower, so maybe they do. Anyways, we should get moving. And I think our last shot is the party looking up the mountain. Penelope pointing at the little pinprick of darkness she saw from the sky. The ruins housing another overgrown Bad Bell garden. And I do believe it's memory time now. It was fun to watch Cecile bug the pollen in the <laughs> container. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a kid let my gremlin store. energy out a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit there. I liked Penelope remembering she can fly again. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that often. You do. You do. <laughs> But if you don't say, I remembered I can do something out loud, we won't know and we can't dunk on you. <laughs> you mean I don't have to say all my thoughts out loud all the time? Oh. Well, not if you don't want to. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That choice is yours to make, bud. Yeah. I do appreciate, though, how genuinely thrilled you seem to be every time you do remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's magical. It is. It's magical every time. <laughs> I really liked Cobb being the voice of reason that we shouldn't blow up this entire field. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it was Nick completely calling me out. <laughs> Cobb knows how to not get blown up. <laughs> it would not have crossed my mind until like you said, I was like, oh yeah, the particulate. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to do like a flour mill thing. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Nick absolutely read my mind on that. And so <laughs> it's like I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar and you were all like, cat. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> well, that was actually going to be Cobb's initial idea was to like cut around the edges and burn it down until we got here. And it was just Paul in town. I was like, oh, okay, well, there goes that idea. Uh, I mean, I was just going to shoot a bunch of arrows at it. <laughs> Each flower. <laughs> I have a spell. Just, arrow, arrow. Just one by one. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Oh. Oh. Uh, speaking of mind reading, I like the idea that the consciousness only becomes a problem to everything else as it gets concentrated, like a network effect kind of thing. Oh, yay. Yeah, I think that's well. Oh, yeah, I'm glad. Also kind of the sense that I have is like, okay, where it's growing naturally, this is not a problem. This is just part of the ecosystem. 
but we have this thing that's who knows how many years old that has its own clearings still. This is a disruptive plant when it is a whole bunch of them together like this. Yeah. Yeah, it's a danger for sure. It's a danger to everybody. Yeah, I, I really like the flowers as an antagonist because they're so weird. Oh, I'm glad. I love that kind of weird stuff. I'm torn because on one hand, I'm like, yeah, I did an antagonist that isn't a demon. Yeah, but its behavior is vaguely demonic. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's inscrutable. I dig it. And the antagonist acts very differently from a demon in that it's more like a taunting. I don't know. It, it feels different. Okay. Well, I'm glad for that. Listener, my favorite memory is being here with you. Aww. I'm not literally here with you, but I'm here with you in spirit. Every time you're mid-sentence and you suddenly forget what you were saying or what you were thinking about, I am there. Where two or three are staring into space in my name, there am I in their midst. <laughs> As the good book says. That was poetic. Is that like a Dean Koontz novel? Thanks, Kirsten. Yeah, that's the that's the real good book. If you've got Bible quotes that you want to share with us, do so <laughs> on Twitter by tweeting at us at Peach Garden RPGs. <laughs> I'm, proud, I'm proud of you for putting the, the shop uh, Twitter and not just mine, which I would deserve it. <laughs> I'm going to just tweet Bible verses at Kat until she corrects her behavior. <laughs> Um, you can also find us on the Be Gay Roll Dice Network Discord. Please come join us. We and our siblings would love to have you. If you want to play Heroic Chord with us, we have set up the Heroic Discord. Come join us. The link is in our Twitter bio. Come set up a game with some internet randos. If you've ever wanted to play with us, this is the time. Anyway, I'm Bill. You can't find me online, but you can find me at Tales from the Tabletop. And you can find that at Tales from the Tabletop on Twitter. And that's TFTT underscore presents. And you can check us out at TFTTpresents.com. Please do. It's a fun show. Well, thanks for joining us today, Bill. Hey, no problem, Kat. It was a blast. And everybody else. Yeah, and we will see all of you next time. Thank you for joining us, listeners. See you next time, listener. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network. Board of D&D? Want to try something else? Why not check out Control Group? We test systems so you don't have to. Using our patented mini campaigns along with one shots, we test how far you can stretch systems with our unique ideas and broad storytelling. Our mission statement is to give a voice to those not often heard in the TTRPG community. So whether it be a system you've never heard of, or our testers being people of color, people on the LBGTQIA spectrum, we want to make sure our stories are broad, vast, and told from different perspectives. 
So whether you want classic role-playing or just big goofs, come listen to us try out systems, some of which we've even made ourselves. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or head over to controlgrouppod.com. That's CTRL, just like the key on your keyboard. There you can find the systems we test along with easily accessible PDFs. So check us out if you're into Monster of the Week, Passion Dallas, Passionis, Saw of Fire and Ice, Blazers and Feelings, Gunsight, Void Worlds, Wizards and Wands, Stranded, Interstitial, The Last Shonen, and so much more!